Welcome to the Not A Mommy Yet podcast. I'm your host, Natalie Fay. I started the Not A Mommy Yet blog and this podcast because I've always known I want to be a parent one day, and you might be listening because you feel the same. You may have also heard people with kids say things like, I wish I had known this before I had kids, or I wish I had done that. Hearing those comments made me think about the parts of my life I want to spend more time focusing on before I have kids in ways that will benefit me as a parent. So I started a list of people who can teach me about health, money, relationships, psychology, and more, and started interviewing them, and this podcast was born. Whether you plan to have kids or not, I think you'll find something interesting in this podcast for you. I hope you enjoy, subscribe, and maybe even share it with a friend. Thank you so much for listening. So, hi, Laura. Thank you so much for taking the time to be on the Not A Mama Yet podcast. My pleasure. Um, So we met a few years ago, and obviously a lot has changed for both of us in that time. Mm -hmm. Um, You joined Open at Crystals. You started your own business, had a baby. So we have so much to talk about. I also moved to a few different cities, so um, I'm excited to talk to you today. Um, I wanted to start at the beginning and kind of learn more about how you grew into this field in your career from like the first time you knew that this was like these were abilities that you had and that you wanted to start um, kind of developing. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. So um, how old were you when you started to realize that you were able to do certain things that other people couldn't? Um, Well, I recognized that I was different probably between the ages of six and eight would be my guess. Um, I always felt like other people should be able to feel other people, and I didn't understand why. Mm -hmm. Um, I had a lot of interactions with ghosts. Um, I I have kind of not shut that off, but I'm not really interested in doing mediumship work so much. So I don't, I can still feel them, but I'm not a person that does, like, I'm going to talk to your dead relatives. Mm -hmm. Um, But I was seeing ghosts in haunted places a lot as a kid. Um, I had premonitions, but as far as um, really being recognized, besides my my parents always thinking I was weird, but being recognized by somebody outside of my family was my first spiritual teacher, which was when I was 19, a man named Jim Self. He basically walked up to me in a metaphysical store and he asked me to join his um, his workshop for reading auras. And I asked him how much it was and he told me how much and that was way beyond what a full-time student could pay. Mm-hmm. And he said, no, I'm, I'm, I'm inviting you to come. He said, I want you to know right now, I could buy you for a penny and sell you for a million dollars. You don't know what you're going to do. Wow. And it was a weekend workshop. There was a whole bunch of meditation involved, which I felt was extremely boring, but I still did it. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of visualization. And by the end of it, there was a woman that came in that wasn't part of our group that he made me read, which I thought was really interesting because I'm like, well, you know, you're around all these people all weekend, so you can kind of get hints of things mm-hmm. anyways. And he bought a, brought a complete stranger in for me to read, and I read her, and she bawled her eyes out. So wow. um, that was a class about reading the aura and um, that's the first time I recognized that I had a skill, mm-hmm. I guess. Um, I mean, I believe all of us have skills. Some just are more naturally attuned to it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I didn't do anything professionally with that for quite a while. Okay. Um, but that was the first time I knew that, that, that I had some that had an ability, I guess. Right. And that was that your first time being around such a large group of people who, like, also were kind of in that same realm? Yes. I mean, from from a younger age than that, my dad didn't kind of 
really know how to deal with me. My family always thought I was strange, so um, I was very gothy and into industrial music when I was in high school, kind of depressed, was really overly sensitive. I was an empath, didn't really know how to deal with that, mm -hmm. and had parents that were, you know, I wouldn't say that they were just young when they had us, so I think that they, mm -hmm. they were different than me. Mm -hmm. um, but he used to take me to psychics at the age of like 14 and 15, so I was exposed to it mm -hmm. at a younger age, and I think that it definitely runs in my lineage for people to be sensitive. I just think I was, I'm probably one of the first ones that actually like took it by the horns and really went with it. Yeah. So wow. I was around psychics and stuff like that, but as far as being in a class where you're formally trained, that was the first formally trained class. Okay. that I was doing. During that time, I was also doing like um, um, sensory deprivation and all kinds of other kind of intuitive stuff. Okay. And then how do you regulate it? Is it something you can turn on and off throughout the day or how does that work? Um, well, when I first started doing it or when I first started knowing that I was having experiences, mm -hmm. um, I it was hard. For, I didn't control it. It would just pop up like it does for everybody. Right. You know what I'm saying? That's why people, they, they know they're intuitive, but they can't control it. It wasn't really until I got trained to know how to tap into it on a regular basis. Okay. But as far as like walking around, no, I, I totally, I turn it off. Yeah. I just, I don't want to know all your business. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? totally. If somebody's paying me, you know, or if, if I feel guided to tell people stuff, I will. Sometimes that would happen, especially when I was running a crystal store, like people would come in and I would know that they needed a specific stone and then mm -hmm. I would get impressions and I felt like it was okay. But to me, it's really extraordinarily important to have energetic boundaries. Mm -hmm. And I don't think it's fair to, unless you're really guided to, to, to just start reading people. Yeah. And anytime I tell people, oh, I'm a psychic, they're like, oh, are you reading me right now? And I'm like, no, actually, I'm not. <laughs> I'm not interested. Yeah. I'm just grocery shopping. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, leave grocery shopping to grocery shopping. I don't need to know all of your it's you know, funny past that, lives at that point. It reminds me of that show, um, Long Island Medium. Yes. She's just like walking down the street. Yeah, and she's like, hey. It's really aggressive. Yeah. Like, you know? I mean, and some people are open to it and some people aren't. I mean, I wonder how many people they actually show her going up to and they're like, ah, and they run away. You know? It's yeah. like, I don't think that's fair if it's not invited. Totally. It's, it's kind of bombarding somebody's boundaries. Yeah. Um, so how has your pra practice working with clients now evolved over time? Because you said you didn't start working with people professionally right away after that experience. Yeah. But no. how long did it take to kind of evolve into where you are now where you're working with clients? Well, what I do now is very specific. I call it a protocol. I don't really know what to call it. But okay. um, when I first started doing this work, it was actually my husband and I, we were doing a tandem session on one of my girlfriends. And all of a sudden, I just got a flood of information and downloads. And I didn't really know what to do with it. I didn't have paper and pen. We were just doing a, a dual Reiki session on her. And mm -hmm. it's like something opened up and a bunch of stuff flooded in. It was definitely About yourself? No, about this woman that I was oh, working on. Oh, okay, okay. Um, and... Um, so when I first started doing this work, I was charging $65 mm -hmm. and it was, the sessions were like three hours <laughs> and the person got like four pages front and back of information and wow. it was random and all over the place. It wasn't organized. I, I didn't even tell, know what to tell people to do with it. And, um, you know, that was about probably like 10 years ago. And since then, um, I started practicing or I started getting more successful, I guess, in the past five years. And it was probably, I think, like three years ago, maybe four years ago, that I just finally had a set form. Mm -hmm. And I asked my guides, can we, like, make sure that this is a certain amount of time? Can we, you know, and it was always the same type of information that came up. So I, I made a form that had, you know, space for that type of information. Yeah, like the categories. So that's, yeah, that's evolved more over, I'd say, the past three or four years. Um, and, of course, my price has gone up because, mm -hmm. and oddly enough, because my clients, a lot of my clients have told me that I need to raise my price. Mm -hmm. You know, so I've done it slowly. You know, some people yeah. have told me I should charge astronauts which I won't you know there's people that have been with me for five years I'm not yeah. gonna go from you know 
I, you probably paid a hundred dollars the first time I saw you. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Now it's one hundred eighty dollars for four years later. Yeah. You know, and I can't go from charging somebody a hundred dollars to me. I'm like, it's five hundred dollars a session. Like that's <laughs> that's that's just garbage. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, that's awesome. I think that's great. And the protocol that kind of brings me into the intuitive readings, which is a, what I wanted to talk about. Yeah. Um, because every time I see you, I learn something new about myself, and I always try to do my best to integrate those, that new information into my life. Um, so I, just for people who have never had an intuitive reading, can Mm -hmm. you kind of describe a little bit more about what that is and and what information you do get? Sure. Um, I think that there's, you know, intuitive readings, it's a very broad scope. I mean, there's some people who work with tarot cards and they work with a medium. I don't work with a medium. I don't Mm -hmm. work with stone. I mean, I work with stones and the layouts, but I don't use any kind of, um, object or oracle deck or anything to do my readings, my intuitive readings. So my intuitive readings, I'm, you know, reading somebody's energy field and I'm, I'm clear audience. So I'm getting a download of information. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's how it works with me. Um, I hear information and then I just translate it into these, these different, um, subjects. So in doing that, um, so yeah, typically, um, what, what comes through and I work with a group, I call that, I call the group Hilarion, even though Hilarion himself is one ascended master, my group of guides come through just with his type of information, which is very much related to holistic alternative ways of adjusting our energy. So crystals come through crystals for people to work with, to adjust their energy. So basically I'm seeing what's out of alignment in a person, even when I just do an intuitive reading, not just an energy session, Mm -hmm. but also just an intuitive reading, I see what's out of alignment for somebody and then I get information on how to bring that person back into alignment. So I do the alignment myself when I'm doing the energy work, but this is a way to firmly ground it. So it's things, practical things that people can um, bring into their lives to help them to, to, to keep that energy alignment in, in, progress and right. moving. Mm-hmm. So the type of stuff that comes through are crystals to work with, flower essences or essential oils, guides that are in their energy field, um, power animal energies to tune into, um, foods to incorporate. That's always a really easy one. Mm-hmm. Um, past life information, which is usually related to what the person's going on or, or something that they can pull from that's a strength or something to heal that's a weakness that's keeping them from, say, going swimming. There's right. a woman that, you know, in a past life, she nearly drowned. She almost drowned in this lifetime and she was scared of water. And I said, you've already done this before. You're not going to do it again. Okay. You know, so that helped her to branch out in a different way. You know, yeah. so it's, it's ways to adjust your energy and empower you so that you can move forward and do powerful things. Yeah, I think yeah. it's it is really just a great way to get information about yourself that like mm-hmm. is there but you just can't put your finger on it or can't understand why Mm -hmm. or how to move on from it or things like that and like you literally feel it like when you're on Mm -hmm. the table you're like I always like twitch yes a lot of people do (laughs) (laughs) yeah I'm sure because like it's a balance of all this energy um so yeah I know you aren't like you don't do the medium stuff but um you do when things come through sometimes you mention like how you've never yeah come through Oh, oh no, sorry. That's okay. I was just going to ask, um, how things sometimes come through that you've never heard before. And like, sometimes you're like, oh, like, let's look into that. And you do it either with me or, or with your client and then, or let them do it later. Yes. What's like one of the more stranger things that have come through and you were just like, what? (laughs) Yeah, totally. There was, um, there was a woman that I worked on and they said coffee enema and I'd never heard of a coffee enema in my life. (laughs) I didn't know what that was. I, I, you know, I'm just not a regular enema participant, you know? So I was like, and, and I don't, I don't edit myself. Like 
sometimes like the woman that I worked on today, they were saying for her to watch videos of owls swimming. And I was like, I don't know what that means, but you know, and she's like, oh, it totally makes sense. I don't know why, but it made sense for her. Okay. Well, Anyways, the coffee animal lady, you know, <laughs> that came up and I was like, oh, should I, should I say it? Should I say it? Like, this is so weird. Like, you know, <laughs> did people do this? And I was like, okay, yeah. And I told her, and they said to do a coffee animal. And she's like, oh, great. I haven't done one of those in like six months. I'm totally overdue. And I was like, coffee enemas are a thing. <laughs> so apparently, they sure are. I've yes. heard that it's like the way the caffeine is ingested in that way, mm-hmm. it has actually a real calming effect as oh, opposed wow. to when you drink caffeine. Obviously, it's an upper. Yeah. So that's okay. why I've heard. I've never done anything like that. It's effect, but, too. Yeah. It feels like it would like strengthen it in some way when I, when I tap into what that feels like it should be but yeah, yeah I knew nothing about it it was very <laughs> that's so weird funny. to say it but I also know that editing can keep you from having really interesting interactions yeah yeah for sure um so we have a mutual friend Melinda who kind yes. of brought us all together but um mm-hmm. I remember her telling us about her experience with you before I had seen you mm-hmm. and she was saying how you knew she was pregnant yeah and she just had found out mm-hmm. um but have you ever and you told her you were like you're pregnant and mm-hmm. she was like oh my god yeah did you, um, and you knew it was a boy, mm-hmm. and um, have you ever said that to someone who didn't know they were pregnant yet? No, I, I don't think I get that many pregnant clients, to be okay. honest with you. Okay. No, she was she was a special one. Oh, sure. wow. Okay. Yeah, and I just felt it. I felt the energy of him. I felt the beingness in that space. Yeah. And That's it's, amazing. It's, it definitely was something that was channeled through, and it might have been something that she needed in order for her to believe things. Sometimes they'll give me something in order for people to – it's like a validation for them. Yeah. Like, you know, if I were to read your mom through you mm-hmm. energetically, and I'm explaining your mom, how would I know who your mom is? I have you in front of me, but how the hell would I know what your mom is like? Mm-hmm. So a lot of times for in the beginning, they were giving me a lot of validations by reading people's parents on either side. Um, I remember so that. that. You were yeah. like the left side or the right side. Yeah. yeah. So that, that. that might have been, you know, just her validation that she needed for nice. herself. Yeah, because yeah. it was her first kid. I mean, and I've worked on people who are pregnant and, you know, had inter- interesting interactions. And a lot of times I've explained what they were going to look like. And she didn't, she didn't believe me when I told her what he was going to look like because, you know, I said he was going to be a blondie. And both of them have brown hair. And she was not expecting that. Mm-hmm. So and that he is funny. still yeah. to this day. Total yeah. toe head. So yeah. He's so cute. Um, okay. So I do want to continue on that, like same idea of pregnancy and motherhood for you, but first I want to tell you a story, which I don't think you've heard, um, after my first experience with you. Mm -hmm. Um, so Ashley and I, we both came to see you together. Mm -hmm. Um, and when we left, we were like reeling, like Mm -hmm. so excited about all the information we got. And Mm -hmm. after the first reading, we were sitting at our house talking about it for a few hours and then I ordered an Uber to go home. Mm-hmm. And, oh, well, originally when I, we, we were done, you had asked me, is there anything else that you, like, wanted to ask or go over? And mm-hmm. I had said, like, oh, I was really hoping mm-hmm. my nanny Hilda would, mm-hmm. was going to come through. Like, I, mm-hmm. of course, didn't know fully what your, like, scope was at that point. Mm-hmm. So, um, and you let me know you're not a medium, but you have someone mm-hmm. on staff there who was and, mm-hmm. you know, all that. And... And that was fine. I, like, moved on, whatever. So I ordered the Uber, and this, like, burgundy SUV pulls up, which Mm -hmm. is the car that my nanny would drive us Mm -hmm. in every day. Like, we had it basically her whole working life with us. She had Mm -hmm. that car. And I get in the front seat, which is also kind of, like, like random. I don't always do that with an Uber. But Mm -hmm. there's an older woman from Guatemala named um, Flory, and mm-hmm. she was so sweet. And Hilda was from Guatemala too. Oh, wow. So oh, it was just these two things. Yeah. I know these two yeah, things already. I know yeah. I was like, Whoa, this is bizarre. 
And we start driving home and we're talking and it was a wonderful conversation. And then she turns left onto my street, like just for one block to pass my house. And it was like, she could have just continued on that street to my apartment. There was absolutely no reason why she had to take my old, the old street down my house I grew up in, but she did. Mm. And then that brought her to another street, which passed the school that Hilda would take us to in front. It was just like such an amazing, I know I did too. And it was just an amazing validation. And since Mm. then I still like, I'll talk to her like on her birthday and things like that. And I'll still like feel like this, like warm rush of energy and things like that. But that was just such an amazing, like, after the first reading with you and that to I happen in it. one night. It was so awesome. You just called her in. That's all you did. You were yeah. already busy. You called her in. Exactly. That's, so that's it was beautiful. cool. Thanks. I just wanted to share it with you. But you. I love stories like that. <laughs> yeah, they're good. Yeah. I, I'm sure you, like, wouldn't even know, but I bet you tons of other yeah. clients have stories like that, too. Yeah, people tell me stuff, like, way after the fact or when I haven't seen him for a while. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, that's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> that's awesome. Like, yeah. Um, so, yeah, so I wanted to talk about Rowan. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so as an intuitive, mm-hmm. um, how do you think, do you think your pregnancy was any different from someone like me when, like when I'm pregnant in the future, let's say? Well, I don't know what your pregnancy is. Well, like, I mean, but, yeah. But. Um, I did, I, I knew um, very soon on that he was a boy. Yeah. I kept calling him Tiger, even though Tigers aren't just boys or girls too, but you know, Hey Tiger always feels like a boy kind of yeah. name. And I kind of nicknamed that even though I don't call him that anymore. What's interesting is he really does have tiger energy, mm-hmm. and, um, but I knew he was a boy at eight weeks before I knew knew that he was a boy. Mm-hmm. And um, when I was further in, um, they say that the soul comes into the body at four months. I definitely felt, felt a shift around that time mm. before I kind of felt him hanging outside of me. Um, I also at one point felt like he would grab my hand, like if he were to be the size he is now, Mm -hmm. because I really didn't know if I wanted to have him because of the weird circumstances surrounding Mm -hmm. the relationship that's, that caused the baby, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know, so I wasn't really sure. I mean, I'm 1000% sure now, and I had to really sit with it a lot, you know, but, um, he was very strong about that he was supposed to be here and, you know, being 40 and having Hashimoto's and, and not being, you know, in the best shape. It it was amazing that I even got pregnant to be in with my doctor said the chances were like 17%. So this child was supposed to come in. There's no doubt about it. Yeah. Um, but one of the weird things that was definitely, I I think, um, because I'm, I do the work that I do. I don't like to say because I'm intuitive because everybody's intuitive, but because I do the work that I do, one of the Mm -hmm. weird experiences that I had being pregnant is that I would feel him dreaming beneath me dreaming so it was like having a television on in another room like I could hear the television I didn't really know what was going on but that's what it felt like when I was dreaming I felt like he was dreaming underneath me whoa that's so, so interesting. that's probably the weirdest like kind of intuitive type thing the other thing is is he totally named himself mm-hmm. I had never remotely thought about Rowan as a name mm-hmm. to me Rowan is Rowan Atkinson it's Mr. Bean I always thought that was you know and Mr. <laughs> Bean is funny but like I don't want my kid to be named you know after Mr. Bean That's I just so thought funny. it was weird and I didn't know what Rowan meant but he fairly very clearly stated that his name was Rowan Alexander and I looked it up I did the numbers like I was like oh this kid's gonna be really fiery he's gonna be really intense but then I looked at Rowan and Rowan you know, means that's what they used to make magical wands out of. It's a tree that's that's um, revered through throughout multiple cultures. It's it's you know, it's a protection tree. It's protection against bad witchcraft. It's like there's so many wow. things. Yeah, it's like the tree that birthed the goddess. It's related to the fairies. It saved Thor. Like there's all yeah, all kinds of stuff behind it. And I was like, okay, this dude's on 
I'm on board with where we are. <laughs> yeah. I guess this is his name. It's not what I would have chosen necessarily. So, right. you know, but it totally fits him. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. And I heard it the same way that I hear messages for clients. So I knew that that was not my information. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So when you were pregnant, how did you prepare for motherhood? Um, knowing all of the, the stuff that you did and kind mm-hmm. of having this deeper connection with your baby, like how did you prepare for him to arrive? Um, well, I tried to go the natural route. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I read all the books, you mm-hmm. know, even the very basic books, like what to expect when you're expecting. And yeah. I had the app on my phone and I knew how big he was. Oh, you're the size of a cucumber this week, you know, whatever. <laughs> I did all those things. Yeah. Um, I actually used to be a very avid reader of like fiction, mm-hmm. you know, just as a way to shut down and, and to be like, I don't like to say a dumb human, but sometimes when you, instead of being in the space of always talking about spiritual stuff to just escape, you know, mm-hmm. watch movies the same way all of us do. And I used to be an avid reader and that whole you know, time that I was pregnant, I stopped reading books because I, I felt like I needed to learn about how to, what am I going to do? I was scared. You mm-hmm. know, I, I was never a baby person. I, I had my little sister around me a little bit when I was a kid, but I wasn't a person that held a lot of babies. I didn't mm-hmm. know how to burp a baby. Um, so I read a lot of books and scared myself in a lot of ways. Um, but I, I signed up to do natural birth at Del Mar Birth Center. And, you know, that was probably, you know, that was the training that I got was taking classes through them like early, early infanthood and, Mm -hmm. you know, learning how to do early home care and stuff like that. But, you know, it doesn't matter how many classes you take. Like, it's like being thrown into a bull ring, you know, it's like, and, and, you know, they say that like, sure, go ahead and have a birth plan, but your birth plan doesn't mean shit. And I was always like, that's fucking snotty. Well, no, your birth plan really doesn't mean shit. This baby's going to come the way he wants to come. Of course. Or the way that she wants to come. And I had it set up in my woo-woo way where I was going to have Tibetan bowls playing. I had picked out a box of crystals that I was going to bring. I had, like, oils. I had a doula. I had a midwife. I was was in a tub for 11 hours, and I wound up getting a C-section. So it wasn't the way that I planned on doing it. Yeah, I mean, I was pushing for four hours. I was adamant about trying to get this baby out of me and it and it just wasn't that's not the way he was coming yeah you know and it was actually in the end it was actually kind of traumatic because um I was pushing for so long I was exhausted I'm an older woman I'm out of shape and the the midwife said you know just go to the hospital they give you an epidural and you can rest for a little while and then you start over and I'm like that's great that's a great plan she's like we've got a midwife there that's on staff that we're connected to mm-hmm. so it's all going to be good I went there and they didn't even look at me they didn't examine me and they basically said you're going to have a c-section that they're backlogged, that, they're, that I'm going to have a C-section. They can't do an epidural because there's not a doctor to catch the baby if it comes out. So I was already in the process of pushing. I'd been in the process mm-hmm. of pushing for four hours. My contraction slowed down, but my body was still, we're going to push every time we get a contraction. So I was laying in a hospital bed for another five hours. Without an epidural. Without an epidural, pushing. And he wasn't moving. He was in. Why didn't they, they get you into the C-section sooner? Because they kept putting people in front of me that they felt were, was it was more important. It was horrible. Yeah. So you know stuff like that happens, but you know, this baby is is bigger. You know, he's bigger than me. I mean, energetically, I mean, I'm not gonna say he's bigger than me, but he's he's intense, and mm-hmm. he chose to come out the way he chose to come out. And you yeah. know, I had to definitely work through it. I was really sad about it, mm-hmm. but I I think you know. I also think that, you know, be really careful with who you choose. I'm not saying Del Mar is a bad birth center, but um, they never examined my pelvis. And I have, I'm, my pelvis is tilted and it's out of alignment. Mm-hmm. I actually have, I'm actually having issues with it right now. It's chronic. You know, I don't think that they did enough examining to really yeah. tell me that, you know, this might be a problem for you to have, to have a baby. I mean, yeah. that's definitely something that 
you know, I want to do with this podcast, like you said, there's nothing that can actually prepare you for the time when, yeah. like, when you're holding the baby, right? Yeah. And it's like time to take Oh, I didn't know how to burp him. I mean, yeah. I didn't even want to, I was scared of holding him. I was just scared in general. Yeah. But, you know, you know preparing for those, like, to, to, ha- to have the power and the knowledge to go in and advocate mm-hmm. for yourself and be yeah. like, check my pelvis. Yeah. Like, is it tilted? Yeah, I really wish I would have known. I think I was yeah. just so stuck on the idea of having this beautiful, natural water birth. Totally. It's, it's interesting. I, I was partly responsible for taking care of my niece for, like, you know, four or five years. And she, you know, I taught her Reiki. I got her into crystals. I got her into astrology. I told her that Brian and I, my husband and I, were going to have natural childbirth. We are going to have... We were, we were insistent that we were going to have a baby in the ocean with dolphins. <laughs> That's how hippie we went. That wasn't going to happen. <laughs> but How do you um, coordinate the dolphins in that well, story? I, don't know. I think that they, they have like a, some kind of a Hawaiian birthing center. That, oh, my God. I don't God, know if they still really? have it, but I'd read something about it. Interesting. So and they're, it's supposed to increase their IQ by like huge amounts and make them these super highly intuitive beings or whatever. I've been way far out woo-woo before. <laughs> but my niece actually got to have the birth that I want. I mean, she didn't have a water birth, but she had a natural childbirth. She tried doing the water. It slowed her contractions down. But she was at a birth center, and it was a very loving environment. And that's mm-hmm. really what I wanted for my son. Right. You know, I didn't – my sister got to hold him before I did. Mm-hmm. You know? I know. And there was, there's your arms kinds, are down, right? Yeah, there's all kinds of I – mean, and if you were to see pictures, I was so exhausted. I'm but sure. I know that this you is part of my process. Like 16 hours. Oh, yeah, no, it was horrible. I was in labor for 38 hours in total. Oh, my and God. By the time I was done, I was just, I mean, I, I was just, I was toast, you know? So what I would say is that what's most important is that you really have a good network of people around you. Mm-hmm. That's really important. People who do know how to deal with babies. Yeah. <laughs> My sister taught me how to burp a baby. You think it wouldn't be a big deal, but for some reason I just sucked at it to begin with, you know? <laughs> and I was scared, you know, I was, he was just so fragile. I felt like he was fragile. He was almost a 10 pound baby. He was definitely not fragile, but I but felt still, like he was so really small. fragile. Yeah. And they're, they're like lumps of clay. Mm-hmm. They don't know what they're doing. <laughs> yeah. So how did you like bring your energy back up? Like how did you take care of yourself once he was born after that experience? Um, you know, I don't know, to be honest with you. I'm sure I, it was know, like a first, blur. Like I've heard oh, it's God. like, like, you don't, it, there's a reason why you have sleep deprivation. You know, yeah. I, thankfully, even though I had a C-section, he latched immediately. So, and I'm still That's breastfeeding great. at the age of 17, 17 months. Yeah. I'm probably going to go to two years would be my guess. And yeah. And the more the merrier. I'm not going to, you know, be like your 10 year old, get on the boob. I'm not that, <laughs> that into that far into it. But, um, but I, you know, I was lucky enough that he latched. And I, I think, you know, when you breastfeed, you're having to wake up every hour and a half, every two hours. And mm-hmm. if you don't pump and you don't have a partner that will help you. I mean, I had, I had people around me, you know, um, my husband was traveling a lot, so I, and I wasn't pumping. That's one thing I would tell people, like, right when, the you know, your milk comes in, start pumping. Get that source going so that you can have other people to help you. I didn't do that the whole time. Rowan has probably had a bottle maybe 15 times in his life. Wow. It's always been directly from the bar. Like, wow. right, from the, right from the fountain. <laughs> you know? And still, you know what I'm saying? So that's been, that's part that's, you know, it's exhausting, mm-hmm. you know. So it created a lot of sleep deprivation because of that demand. Um, I think when I finally got back to work and got to myself again and mm-hmm. was able to start doing sessions, that that was part of my self-care, you know. Yeah. But true self-care, honestly, hardcore true self-care probably didn't happen until um I would say 10 months in yeah you know where I was able to like go to the spa and like not worry the whole day and that was like legit self-care like the first time that happened it was also around the time it was probably the first time that I was able to go to a Korean spa and not give a shit yeah you know what I'm saying because I was always really concerned about what women you know are people going to judge me because I'm a bigger woman girl 
at that point when you're that exhausted <laughs> and you have pregnant <laughs> boobs, I just need you, to know, you're not, you know, you have post-pregnant boobs. I didn't give a shit. Yeah. I really did not care. I was that's like, good. yeah, I, I, I was able to really rest. And that's also, I think, would, I think, add to the relief and oh, the sure. just enjoyment of the whole experience oh, yeah. too. Because that obviously takes away, I'm still to this day too yeah. scared to go to a Korean spa. Yeah. Oh, don't be. <laughs> I, Honestly. Like, I think that's like a more of a personal issue than no, anything no, else. And but. I understand. I mean, people asked me for six years to, to do that and I always was resistant to it because of my, my self-image issues or whatever. And especially in LA it's even more intense because there's all these perfect bodies but what I'll tell you is Quote unquote. <laughs> the perfect body like yeah. what people what is projected at us by society and magazines and everything is the perfect body out of the probably because I've been there probably about eight times mm-hmm. um, out of the 600 women that I've seen I've seen two women that have had that body mm-hmm. you see really skinny butts like no butts at all you see really skinny boobies you see <laughs> everybody you, you realize everybody fucking has cellulite like mm-hmm. even the really fucking skinny people have cellulite yeah it, and nobody gives a shit yeah. everybody's in their own space and if they're even remotely going there like it, it, they're just cut off you just don't even you don't even pay attention yeah you're just so in your own you're never role. gonna see that like who cares no totally I kind no. of, I'm, I'm starting to get there, I think, just in life with clothes on, and yeah. then I'll get there, you know, life in this spot. All I'll say is that it's one of the most liberating things I've ever done, and, That's I, and I don't have any weirdness around it anymore. Yeah. And again, I've got, like, you know, 17-month breastfeeding boobs. I don't give a shit. You that's know? good. You know, I mean, if people, you know, want to... That's on them. If that, totally. If somebody's really sitting there judging... And that's a reflection judging, of more of their and I've, and I've looked issues. at... I mean, there's women that are my size. There's there's tons of women that are my size. There's tons of, like, really elderly ladies. Mm-hmm. There's huge bushes. There's shaved bushes. I mean, like... Every, <laughs> Everything. It's like going to a, a produce. Like, it's like a farmer's market of women. And you just realize that all of it's beautiful. Yeah, totally. You know, all of it. And I think just going back to breastfeeding too. Except for the people that talk there, I just want to just. Sorry, (laughs) it's okay. Is it normally like quiet? Like it's usually really quiet. Yeah, I go to the Olympic spot. It's usually pretty quiet, but sometimes you'll get like a group of like you know twenty five year olds, or sometimes even like women that are in their fifties, and they're just like having full on conversations about what they ate for lunch. And I've I've full on have shushed people. Yeah, usually from behind a wall. (laughs) You know, I'm not like shh. (laughs) Though I did one time tell these ladies, "Hey, just pipe it down a little bit." Yeah, they were yeah. Yeah, um, but I think with breastfeeding, though, going back is that's definitely ob- like obviously built a bond with you and Ron, right? Oh, for especially sure. doing it this long too. It's, yeah, that's great. Yeah, sometimes it's demanding, especially um, he's teething right now. His mm-hmm. molars are about to come in. He's got a tooth coming in the front too, and that you know that creates a lot a lot more need for comfort. Um, which I mean, it really it pushes me. There's with with being a mother. There's it, it really is layers. You know, it's like there's. There's it pushes you to the place of where you feel like you can't deal with something, but then at the same time there's all this other amazing stuff that's happening that makes it bearable. Mm-hmm. And what I've told myself, especially through the sleep deprivation, because I'm not a good person when I'm not. I mean, I'm, it's hard for me to anybody to, to have sleep deprivation. But some more than um, others, I totally yeah. understand. Yeah, and I've never been a person that struggled with sleep, but I've always slept eight hours, twelve hours. You know, I'm really easy for me to fall asleep mm-hmm. unless I've got something going on the next day. But um, yeah, I, you know, it, it's. What, what I kept telling myself is that this is, I'm not going to have any other kids, you know. Um, this is something that I need to just really love and cherish because, you know, like with breastfeeding, it's like 
right now I would love to have my body back. I'd love to go on a juice cleanse. I'd love to drink a bottle of wine, you know, because yeah. I haven't, I've been sober for, you know, this whole time, you know, I've had like a wow. beer here and there, but I haven't like taken, I haven't smoked weed. I haven't like, you know, not that I was a regular person doing that before, but it, right, every but once in a while to take some anxiety down, there's been plenty of times since I've been pregnant that, I, you know, that I would have liked to have taken anxiety down. But yeah, I've been pretty much sober the whole time. I think the most I've had is two glasses of wine and it doesn't really do anything for me. I mean, it gives me a little, you know, kind of like blurs the edges a little bit. But, you know, I had to be really right. careful because he's always breastfeeding. So, yeah. you know, I would love to do a juice fast. I would love to, you know, to to just take off the edge. Totally. You know what I'm saying? And I would like to have my body back. But I also recognize that this is nothing but beneficial for him. Mm-hmm. And he still wants to do it. And I want it to be a baby-led weaning, you know, or when I just can't take it anymore. Mm-hmm. I would prefer it for it to be his choice because yeah. I want to always be here for him. Because he's a Gemini. His moon's in Aries. He's a sad rising. So he's a very fiery and independent creature. Um, he's not a super mushy pie. He's just started to become really affectionate. And this is part of, like, my ability to give him something. Totally. So I like the bonding of it. Yeah. But it is exhausting. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. I can only imagine. But yeah, I mean, still in the middle of the night, he wakes up right now because he's teething. So, you know. And that's not, like, nerve-wracking that he's teething and... Oh, girl, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, again, it's layers, you know. But yeah. then, then he's like, moon. And he says, like, that's his new favorite word is Aww. moon. And then I'm like, oh, my God, he's talking about the moon. And he knows what the moon is. <laughs> know that it's not going to happen for soon he's going to be a little boy and then yeah. he's going to be in third grade and then he's going to be in sixth grade and then he's going to be a senior and then he's going to be like okay off to college yeah or not whatever he chooses to do right but, you know I, I only have so much time and again I'm not going to have another baby I'm 42 years old you know I don't yeah just, and two years is like not even that long like in the grand yeah. scheme of things so that's exactly. awesome and I, I like I obviously I don't have a baby but Jose's nephew Felipe mm-hmm. is so cute and whenever he wants to like sit with me yeah. I'm all for it like oh, for as long boys. as he wants yeah. I literally don't move or breathe that much because I'm like <laughs> yeah, I don't want him to get yeah. distracted or oh, go exactly. away from me I just want him to stay because totally. yeah once like he's uh 14 months so he just started yeah. walking and like yeah once that's happening it's like yeah it's hard to get them to sit still so oh yeah I know Rowan yeah. is very much in the toddler stage, but he does get to, you know, times when he doesn't want to cuddle and he wants to be next to you, you know. And mm-hmm. I just know that as he gets older, it's going to be less of that, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, you know, then you go through the teenage years and that becomes difficult. So, you know, I just keep seeing his stages and I'm just trying to take it in as much as I can. Mm-hmm. And so in terms of milestones, what have, like, what was one that was most exciting besides, you know, his new favorite word, the moon? I, I love that one. <laughs> <laughs> Um, you know, all of them have been exciting. I mean, I can't really, really designate one. I yeah. mean, you know, the first time he laughed, it was amazing. Um, I mean, it's, it's incredible to watch something that I was watching the video right after he'd been born. I'd gotten up. I don't know how I got up out of the bed. I mean, it was just a mess after having a C-section, but mm-hmm. you know, he was in our, in my room and I watched the video of him and, and they, they move like so slow. Because I think they're so used to being in liquid, so they're oh, like, wow. "Whoa, this is," and it's just so misdirected because they, they don't even realize that they have arms at that point. Yeah. But like you know, when they first realize they have hands, and then they realize they have feet, and then all of a sudden they're, you know, they're they're raising their neck. I mean, he was raising his neck like three days in. You know, wow. I mean, this kid came out staring at me. Like people were like, "Whoa, he's really super aware." Like that's all I heard over and over and over again. But you know, all of it. I mean, it's it's. Because yeah, normally they're like looking around everywhere, right? It's oh, like yeah. hard like to get them to focus. Yeah, like all weird. No, yeah. he was straight up staring at that me. That really weirded me out with, yeah, it's very with Felipe when he was first yeah. born. I was like, is he okay? Yeah, no. <laughs> Rowan came out super aware. Um, but I think that, you know, 
you know, when they take their first step, that's super exciting. It's also really scary because they tend to be top heavy, so they fall a lot in the beginning. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's everything's always, like I said, it's always balanced out. There's always something amazing with something horrible happening at the same time. Yeah. You know, wow. he's a toddler and he throws tantrums, but he also listens and can understand what I'm saying. And mm-hmm. he repeats words. So, you know, every single milestone has been amazing. Yeah. You know, and I'm just trying to absorb it as much as I can, mm-hmm. you know, and appreciate it as much as I can. Yeah. Um... Okay, so this is our final round of questions that okay. I'll be asking everyone on the podcast. But um, first one is, what mantra or words do you like to live by or try to live by? Um, well, my newest mantra is that uh, in order to calm down, you need to slow down. Mm-hmm. Like, I've had to use that one because I tend to um, book myself really tightly. And I tend to be really busy. Mm-hmm. I've been traveling a lot because I'm open, helping to open up another crystal store up north. Oh, that's exciting. Congrats. Yeah, thank you. And then the same woman is talking about opening another one in Portland. So there could be an opportunity for that. Somebody that's amazing. Somebody hit me up to help her open up one possibly in Laguna Beach. So this has become a job that sprouted out of nowhere. That's great. And, but you're consultant. perfect for it. Yeah, yeah. I've been working with them for a really long time. But, you know, I tend, and especially L.A., I find that in L.A. in particular, the energy here moves so fast and everybody's mm-hmm. so pushy with their energy that when I'm here, I tend to just, and because I'm booking myself in such tight-knit, spaces mm-hmm. that I have a tendency to get anxious and and I'm rushing and what you'll find when you rush is that everything gets in your way to slow you down always yeah it's funny even on the way here I'm but, sure like, <laughs> yeah Jose was even saying it's because you're yeah so aggressive and like yeah. rushing you're gonna hit every light you're yeah. gonna get every single person that wants to pull in front of you that's just like <laughs> yes. yeah and that happens to me every single time and then I, I kept saying okay you just need to slow down to calm down if I just slow down then I'm not gonna be like digging through my purse frantically or doing this frantically it's just like right. just shh, just breathe yeah. breathing is extraordinarily important breathing comes up for every single person and sometimes I forget to do it for myself yeah so yeah. I think slowing down to calm down helps you breathe. That's a great one. That's yeah. a really good one. Mm-hmm. Um, so we all know it takes a village to raise kids. Yes. And um, I, you kind of mentioned this, you know, how your sister was the first one to hold the baby, like, mm-hmm. and have people around you that know what they're doing to mm-hmm. help guide you. But what do you most value in your community of friends and family to help raise Rowan? Um, I would have to say my husband. Mm-hmm. Um, my husband's not the biological father of mm-hmm. the baby, um, but he's definitely the father of the baby mm-hmm. or one of the fathers of the baby. Um, he has stepped up in ways that, like, I, I just, I mean, literally, it makes me want to cry. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he stepped up in ways that I wouldn't expect anybody to do, honestly. Yeah. I mean, he not only supports what I do as a job and, and the work that I do in teaching people, but he's so incredibly patient with Rowan mm-hmm. and so incredibly fun for him so that when I'm in the space of rushing around and being stressed out, I feel like I'm a bad mom. Everybody apparently feels like they're a bad mom or they can always do a lot better. Um, I feel like that often because I am so busy, you know, not that I don't get to spend time with my son. I do. I mm-hmm. only work like four or five hours a day, but because I'm constantly going, mm-hmm. sometimes I feel like it's, you know, like I can't sit still long enough to be able to do what I need to do. And mm-hmm. he really takes the time um, and energy, like if I'm stressed out, to like step in. Or especially when I'm having back problems, like he's always there to like help out. Yeah. Yeah. So just that support. So he's been amazing. My mom has really shown up in ways that, you know, I would, I'm not as, I'm a closer to her now than I've ever been. Mm-hmm. Like she's really shown up as, as a really great grandma. And my sister is just absolutely infatuated with them. She's moved away, unfortunately. Oh. Yeah. Um, and I, you know, I have a good, I have, I have a good, um, couple of nannies mm-hmm. that have been really great. Um, and my friend Jen, there's somebody that was a client that really 
she really got her way into being my friend. I, I typically have really good boundaries with my clients and she really kind of wiggled her way in and mm -hmm. she's an amazing woman and she really like just keeps throwing entertain whenever she comes around. She loves him. That's awesome. Yeah. So all these people have really been helpful. That's great. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's so important. Um, that's something that I really have started thinking more and more about is like, who am I spending my time with and mm -hmm. what is valuable to me so that when I do have kids, I'm already surrounded by the people yeah. that like will really nurture my children and me as I go through that process. Well, they'll show up for you. Yeah. Cause the people, sometimes you think certain people will be the people. And what I found is that babies filter out people. Yeah. They really filter people out. All of a sudden, like a lot of times people who don't have kids or people that don't vibe with kids or they can't relate to you, they tend to fall to the wayside. Mm -hmm. And it, and it's actually like at first it made me sad, but what I noticed is that a whole other group of people came in and Rowan is the one that chose his tribe. It has nothing to do That's amazing. with me. You know yeah. what I'm saying? That's like a nice you, way of thinking about yeah. it. Yeah. So, you know. Yes, you know, I think having a group of moms, I mean, you're, you're, you're a lot younger than me. I think, you know, having a group of moms or people that have kids is, is extraordinarily helpful. Mm -hmm. I don't have a lot. Most of my people that I know are, they already have teenagers, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So um, there's a few people that I met. I went to a swim class and met a really lovely woman. Um, I was a prenatal swim class. Nice. And she was a good, like, first mom to have. She was in the same birth center as I was. Both okay. of us had C-sections. <laughs> oh. We both had humongo boy babies. Um, <laughs> it was really great to have something in the beginning of my pregnancy, or, or not the end of my pregnancy and into the beginning of, of motherhood to have that support. Yeah. To know that the stuff that we were both saying was normal. <laughs> I can't yeah. tell you how many times I've Googled stuff. I literally Googled, is my son going to be an asshole? Because he's a toddler and he's throwing tantrums. He's one of the 20% that had butts. There's only 20% of those that had butts and head bangs. Oh, my God. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah, that doesn't feel good. <laughs> It'll be okay. It'll be yeah. great. It'll totally be good. Um, and then last is, what quality do you most admire and hope to instill in Rowan? Um, well, the, the, the quality that I admire that he already has is that he's just – He's fearless. Mm -hmm. He really is. He's, and not in like an irresponsible way. He's just fearless. Mm -hmm. You know, he's super social. Um, he does not scared to go to somebody. He's never like turned people away. He's not scared when I leave. Like he's not super attached in that his way. Which I appreciate. Yeah. That's yeah. Great. He's just a happy guy. I mean, um, I had his astrology chart done professionally by an astrologer that I'm friends with. And he said that, that Rowan was here on spiritual holiday, that he has no oppositions in his chart. So he said he doesn't have an easy life. And um, I think, but I think what the most important thing that I keep wanting to instill in him um, because of some of his genetics is that I just want him to be a kind person. Mm -hmm. I want him to be kind and respectful. And that's extraordinarily important to me. I hope he's intuitive. I hope he's a mystical baby. He seems to be, but I'm not going to force my ideals on him. Yeah. He can, you know, I used to joke and say that he was going to be an algebra, a bird watching algebra teacher. <laughs> if it turns out to be that way, I'm totally okay with it. Yeah. He doesn't have to be a, you know, some kind of mystical shale and monk. Right, right, right. Yeah. yeah, that's amazing. Well, thank you so much. This was an amazing conversation. I'm so glad that I that you did this um, for me. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. Um, and then I just want to, if you want to share like your, where people can find you, okay. um, I'll put it in the podcast notes, but if you want to let people know. Okay. It's, um, well, my website to find out what kind of services I do is www.lauraellis333.com. And then on Instagram, my Instagram handle is Cosmobot. Cosmo bot, all one word. Um, those are the only two really social okay, yeah. places that I go. I don't really have my Facebook's a private one. I don't have a, I'm not really set up in that way. Yeah. And then wait, I had one more question. What pocket rocks do you have today? <laughs> oh, today I have. Um, 
Laura keeps crystals in her pocket yes, every day and shares on her Instagram which I, ones she's carrying. Yeah, so you I know, had to ask. I tried to. Funny enough, I tried to post, but I was having weird internet mercury retrograde issues with my phone. Um, <laughs> I have a smoky quartz that has mica on it. It also has crystallized rose quartz, which is really rare. Okay. Usually rose quartz just forms in boulders. This is terminated rose quartz. So smoky quartz is really good for grounding. Um, it's really good for re- releasing issues of the root chakra. Mica is really good for self-reflection, and rose quartz is good for self-love and nurturing. Mm-hmm. That came through. Then there's a really awesome piece of new mite. If you want to know about new mite issues, you can look on my Instagram. <laughs> Basically, most stuff that's sold in L.A. is new mite is not new mite. Um, Open Eye does sell legit new mite that's you know I want her to get like the really good stuff so yeah um new mite is the first crust of the earth wow yeah it's billions of years old I think something like 13 billion years old but um it comes from Greenland that's the only place that it's mined and um it's for going deep into psychological the darkness in us in order to bring light to old wounds old ancestral wounds, um, it heals ancestral lineage issues, but it's really good for going deep inside the self in a mm-hmm. psychological way to bring things to light so they can be healed. Nice. And then the last one, funny enough, the woman that I was talking about, the first client that I had that where Brian and I did a session and all this downloaded information that I didn't know what to do with came up, she gave me this piece of jade, and this jade is from New Zealand. It's from the Maori tribe, mm-hmm. um, and this jade is really good. Jade is typically, um, traditionally, especially by Asian cultures, for... Um, abundance and luck they use a lot of times when they go um, gambling mm-hmm. so it's really good for abundance and luck but I, I have it in particular for healing for physical healing because I'm having the hip issue and the hip issues mm. from sidelining and breastfeeding yeah so yeah <laughs> well thank yeah. you that's You're awesome welcome. thank you thank you